Kane is in the building. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Dream Team Fantasy, episode two. Alongside Tyler Syracuse, I'm Nick Morrow. Um, how you feeling? Feeling good. We got back some good feedback from the first episode, so we're looking to get the second one rolling, and we're looking forward to the future. I know. I feel like a veteran now. Got that first one finally under our belt. <laughs> <laughs> now we got everything. Uh, should be rolling here. Get rolling. Yeah. Um, so let's start off by talking a cut about a couple of the uh, headlines that have happened since the last time we were here. Um, we'll start with probably the most recent one, the Tyreek non-suspension. Um, aside from fantasy football, I kind of wanted to talk to you just about the suspension itself. You know, I mean, there was it started with the possible audio of him, you know, threatening his mom's or his baby mama's and breaking his son's arm and bruises and things like that. But no video ever came out. And a while passed when the audio was released. And then, you know, I think it kind of died down. And there wasn't really much kickback when there was a non-suspension, I felt like. And, you know, I mean, he literally threatened his, you know, kid's mom in the video or in the audio saying, you know, you should be scared of me too. I'm just wondering your thoughts on the whole non-suspension. I mean, what's different aside the fact, I feel like if there was video, he would have got suspended. But the fact that there wasn't, you know, he didn't get suspended like Zeke or Ray Rice or anything like that. I think, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that he's a scumbag. But I try to put all that aside when I'm gambling and playing fantasy football. So I'm not going to really comment too much on what happened or what didn't happen with his fiance and his girlfriend, whatever. It's pretty clear that he's a scumbag. He had a history of that. But for me, I was happy because I've been drafting him <laughs> in best ball drafts. And I think he's just an exciting guy to watch. And I think the Chiefs are the most entertaining team to watch. So just from a football standpoint i'm excited that he'll be back out there without getting suspended but at the same time it's obvious that he's not a good person yeah <laughs> and i think that um you know just the fact that he didn't get suspended i mean does it kind of raise a red flag that that's what the nfl wanted to do like i mean it's a business at the end of the day everyone's got to make money so you know do you think that just they did that kind of turn the other cheek just because now the Chiefs are, you know, probably projected to, you know, be the number one scoring offense again with him on the field, and it just makes Mahomes that much better and possible MVP again. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I know you don't really want to talk about it, but I just wanted to get, like, your theory on as far as, you know, the whole NFL aspect of it. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, the whole entertainment standpoint, they want they want to make money, and then they didn't have clear-cut evidence. They didn't have video, like you said. So I think that was the reason they didn't suspend him. I am very shocked he didn't at least get two to four games. He, even he like didn't get fine. He didn't either. get fined. He didn't get any kind of suspension. Nothing. I I was shocked, but at the same time I was happy. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, good for fantasy. I mean, I think it bumps him up to top five wide out now, wide receiver five at least for yeah. fantasy. In best ball drafts, I've been taking him as the third receiver behind Adams and Hopkins, and that's because his ceiling is extremely high and he has those blow up games where he scores 150 yards and three touchdowns because mm -hmm. he's so fast and he catches those bombs from homes and he can outrun defenders even on slant passes uh if it was a season-long team i'd i'd probably take michael thomas and odell beckham and maybe even julio over him yeah i think he uh especially if you're in the league that gets bonus points for you know 50 plus yard touchdown passes and things like that i mean yeah then he's, he's an absolute guy. stud yeah. yeah um second headline another holdout here we go again Le'Veon bell 2.0 with melvin gordon a lot of things i've been reading is you know it's not going to be a holdout like Le'Veon bell um the chart but then on the other hand the chargers are cheap you know so are they gonna let it just go and he's just gonna another top running back out for the fantasy season i mean as far as drafting him I don't know if I'd want to pick him if I had, let's say, I mean, we talked about the core four last time. If you had spot five or six and he falls to you at six, I don't think I even want him there. Yeah, so recently 
Well, currently his ADP is as the sixth running back off the or the eighth running back off the board. So I think his ADP is going to continue to drop, assuming he doesn't re-sign. Mm-hmm. I actually disagree with you. I think that he's a good buy at this point because I don't personally. I don't think he's going to hold out. He might hold out into training camp, but I don't think he's going to miss any games. So if you can draft him as your as the RB thirteen or RB fourteen, I think that's a good opportunity to go in on him. I mean, if he fell to me, I think at the end of the first, um, I would take him. That would obviously is a long shot, but I think that's the only value I'd really see just because I saw what happened last year with people taking Le'Veon Bell first overall and, you know, it bit him in the ass at the end of the year. Um, And I just, I'm not a huge fan of the Chargers offensive line. I don't think they're as good as people make them out to be. And um, I, I just don't feel... I don't feel comfortable, especially with Eckler. I like Eckler a lot, and he's he's going to get his touches. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be comfortable taking Melvin. That's a good point on the offensive line. The other thing I wanted to mention was Le'Veon Bell uh, held out for two consecutive seasons, and if you remember, the first year he held out all of training camp, but then reported. I think it was September second. He didn't miss a game, and he actually led the league in touches despite missing the whole offseason of workouts. So I think that's not out of the range of possibilities. I think there's a chance that Melvin Gordon might do the same thing, hold out as long as he can without getting fined, and then report to camp, get his paycheck, and go from there. Yeah, I mean, I hope he I hope he doesn't hold out or they come to a deal or something because it's just kind of getting obnoxious, truthfully. Um, all right, moving on. Next one is uh, Julio already – being held out first practice. Um, I mean, he's always on the injured reserve or on the IR list every single week throughout the whole season. I mean, I feel like the guy never practices. Questionable just, every week. Yeah, he just gets on the field and plays on Sunday or Thursday or Monday, whenever. And But he just misses practice after practice. Concerned at all? No, he's had a lot of foot and ankle problems too. So he he is always banged up, but it hasn't prevented him from putting up huge fantasy numbers. He's had the most 100-yard games over the last several seasons. And I think the Falcons play 13 games in domes this year. Yeah, I think they got a really easy schedule too as far as uh, like pass defenses and things of what I heard. And they're extremely pass-heavy and they're going to run an up-tempo pace so I think his touches are going to be there. I'm not too concerned about the holdout either. He's definitely their franchise player still at this point, even as he's approaching 30-plus. Um, but he's definitely their guy, and they're they're going to do what they have to do to get him, get him paid and get him on the field. <laughs> Did you see the video of uh, Jalen Ramsey showing up in the armored bank truck <laughs> <laughs> training camp? Yeah. <laughs> that freaking guy yeah, cracks me crazy. up. <laughs> Just calling out quarterbacks and showing up in a bank truck to training camp. And the Jags sucked last year, too, yeah, I know. after AFC Championship game. I know. Dude's a man, though. Love watching him. Um, all right, let's get into some uh, AFC North, AFC South. We're going to go through. Um, we're going to talk, you know, division winners. We're going to talk over-under, win totals, um, and then some fantasy-relevant, you know, players from each team. And we'll start with uh, the AFC North and the Ravens. Last year, ten and six, uh, they won the division. They were six and two at home, four and four uh, on the road. Your fantasy, I mean, aside, you know, Lamar Jackson. Um, aside from him, you know, who else are you going for on that Ravens team? Yeah, so for the Ravens, we have Lamar Jackson. His current ADP is QB nineteen. So he is definitely a quarterback I'm looking to buy if I'm going to wait to pick a quarterback in a 12, 14, 16-man league. In the games he started last year, he lost one game in the regular season, and he finished as the QB8 for fantasy. I know they're saying he's not going to carry the ball 20 times like they were last year, but I think he's a pretty obvious value at quarterback 19. For running backs, they have... Mark Ingram, he's going as the 23rd running back currently. I think that's about where I'd have him. Um, I think the Ravens are going to be super run-heavy again. Yeah, They led the league in rushing attempts last year, obviously when their quarterback's running 20 times a game. Mm-hmm. But with him taking off so much, it's going to help the running backs too because they're so worried about the quarterback taking off that a lot of times it'll open up holes for the running backs as well. 
Um, yeah, they're in, they don't really have any wide receiver depth at all. Um, you know, they got Marquise Brown as their number one, Willie Sneed and Miles Boykin. Um, I mean, that just, that doesn't do anything for me. Um, one person I did want to talk about was Mark Andrews, their tight end. You know, as a second season for Lamar Jackson, you know, I think opening, going down the middle of the field, dumping it down to his tight end is going to be, you know, something he's going to have to do. Um, weeks 11 through 17 last season, uh, Andrews caught 13 of 19 targets, 308 yards, and he had one score. Um, it was 23.69 yards per catch, and that was number one amongst tight ends during that stretch. Um, you think he's a relevant player to think about drafting for a tight end late round? A lot of the fantasy pros are pretty high on Mark Andrews. So his he's one of the guys that ADPs has been continuing to rise throughout the offseason. Right now he's going as about the 16th tight end off the board. My only issue with him is that, like we said, the Ravens are extremely run heavy, so there's going to be a limited opportunities for their pass catchers. And then they're they're also dealing with another tight end that they drafted, Hayden Hurst, last year, who broke his foot in the preseason last year and never really got an opportunity to get out there. So for me, I'm, I'm kind of avoiding Andrews at his current cost. The one guy I'm interested in would be Marquise Brown. He's going as the 62nd receiver off the board. Uh, he was the first receiver drafted in the 2019 drafts. He's definitely got the most talent. He's cousins with Antonio Brown. He's extremely small. He weighs about 165 pounds. But if I was drafting any of their weapons outside of Lamar Jackson, I would probably take Brown just for his big play potential. Mm. Wide receiver three, flex option kind of player. Yeah, he's kind of a deep sleeper. Like I said, he's going as the 60-second receiver, so you don't yeah. have to invest too much capital in him. Right. So I'd take him in the later rounds just as a deep flyer. Okay. Um, so the Ravens over-under win total is 8.5. Um, seems high. Uh, that half point really gets me there. I, I, if I had to pick, gone to my head, I, I would take the under for sure. Yeah, so the 8.5 is under, and the juice is minus 145. So clearly people are putting their money on Baltimore to go under pretty soon. Honestly, it'll probably go to eight. So if you do want to get 8.5 under, I would suggest betting that now because pretty shortly, I, I think it's going to go to eight. They're playing in a tough division. Yeah. I mean, looking at it, Brown Steelers, you know, that's, that's going to be a tough four games right there. Yeah. And they, and they lost a bunch of players as well. I know they signed Earl Thomas, but they definitely lost some of their best players there on the defense. Right. They lost Eric Waddle. So. Um, yeah, I, I mean, aside from Lamar Jackson and, you know, possibly the wide receiver and tight end, not much on the Ravens' side of the ball. Let's go to the Bengals. Um, obviously, A.J. Green um, is going to be, you know, top wide receivers taken off the board. Where do you have him? A.J. Green is going as the 15th receiver off the board. I think that's about where I'd have him. I I have him behind Stefan Diggs. I've been drafting Stefan Diggs as the 14th, and then I've been drafting A.J. Green ahead of Edelman, so he's in about that range. Uh, for quarterback, Andy Dalton's going as QB 26. So as we've talked about before, quarterback position is so deep. Andy Dalton's never finished QB 26 or worse, and that's where he's being drafted this year. So if you want to wait for a quarterback, I mean, extremely late, you could get him as your second quarterback, and I think he'll pay off that tag pretty easily as QB 26. Mm -hmm. I do have a concern about their offensive line. Yeah. But surrounding Dalton, they have a ton of talent. They have Joe Mixon, they have Andy Dalton, and they have um, A.J. Green and Tyler, Tyler Boyd. Boyd. Yeah. And then Eifert, if he can stay healthy. Which he never does. <laughs> never does. No. Um, yeah, that's they. They seem to have a good team on paper, and but it just never produces on the field. And I think you're right. It starts with that offensive line. Dalton's got no help or no time, um, and he just gets swallowed up every single week. One of the um, um, one of the bats I wanted to ask you about was uh, over under a thousand rushing yards for Joe Mixon this year. What do you think? 
I would probably lean under for Mixon. He's one of the guys I'm actually not too high on. He, I know he's going as the ninth running back right now. I just think that the touches will be there because they want him to be the workhorse. But it's going to be tough because they're going to be a negative game script a lot. They're over under six and a half wins. So Vegas isn't projecting them to, to be a playoff team or nowhere near it. And like we talked about, their offensive line. And then the, the big thing is with the negative game script, he's not going to get as many carries. Yeah, it looks like his ADP right now is you know, 2.1. So he's going first pick, second round. Yeah, I mean, it seems about right. Uh, going after him is Gurley, Dalvin Cook, Williams, and Chubb. I, I would probably, honestly, I, I kind of like Dalvin Cook this year. Um, I think without Latavius Murray there, he's going to be a workhorse. And at the end of the season last year, he was dominant when he came back. And honestly, off topic of the Bengals, when he he came back last year, Thielen and Diggs had a complete downfall. I mean, they just were not – beginning of the season, they were just lights out. Thielen was having an unbelievable year. Um, and Cook comes back, and he's just – he took over that offense, and it ran through them. I, I kind of think they're going to do that again. I don't trust Cousins. I hate Kirk Cousins. I think he's a bum. <laughs> I really do. Um, but I would let, I would take Delvin Cook over Mixon. Um, I might even take Chubb over Mixon. But other than that, I think where he's at, I like that ADP. Yeah, and that brings up a good point, which I wanted to mention in general about drafts. So you were just talking about Joe Mixon, and then I would put Le'Veon Bell in that same category as guys. So Le'Veon Bell and Joe Mixon are going as between like six, seven, eight running backs. Yeah. But I actually like Delvin Cook, Todd Gurley, and Melvin Gordon to finish above those two guys. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes I've been finding myself allowing other people to take Mixon and Bell and then I'll draft a receiver in those spots. And then when it comes back to me, I could get Gordon, Gurley, and Cook, and even Chubb in a later round. And I think that's a pretty viable strategy at this point. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Odell and Juju, even Kelsey ADP is after Mixon. I would take, I would definitely take Kelsey, I think, over Mixon. I know, you know, a lot of people are talking running back, running back for your first two, two picks. It all depends on where you are in the draft. Um, but I, I like Kelsey. I mean, the tight end position is so so small. I mean, so scarce that there's just nothing. And Kelsey's just in a league of his own at that top spot there. So, yeah, I w- I, I'd take Odell, I think, over Mixon and Kelsey. Um, all right, so Bengals were 6-10 and 10 last year, 4-4 four and four at home, 2-6 on the road. Over-under is 6 win total. Not touching. Probably under. <laughs> yeah, the book I was looking at was 6.5, and the juice was minus 145 on the under, so I'm not surprised that the I book mean, you were looking at was 6. Yeah, I mean, if I had that 6.5, I think definitely take the under. That half point makes a huge difference. Um but yeah, they're not going to be good. They're yeah, I would agree with that. If you could get six and a six point five, I would lean the under. If you could get six, it would probably be a stay away. All right. Um, all right. So let's talk about the Steelers. No Antonio Brown this year. Um, how are they going to look? How are they going to operate? You know, is Juju going to be able to be the number one wide receiver? Is Connor going to have you know same season he had last year? Let's see, Juju is going, his ADP is 2.4, so second round. Yep, and he's going as the sixth receiver off the board. There's a lot of questions on the Steelers this year. Mm-hmm. The one thing that remains the same, they have an excellent offensive line, and they still have Ben Roethlisberger. So Ben's going as QB 16. Once again, I think that's a good spot to take him if you're going to wait on a quarterback. He's a guy that tends to have big games at home, so... If you're doing a redraft league, I would start him in home games and probably sit him in away games because he always has those huge games at Heinz Field and then puts up duds away from home. And then James Connors going as the RB8. 
I feel pretty good about him. Uh, great offensive line, assuming he'll get most of the workload still. He should be able to pay off that price tag. Uh, as we talked about last episode, I would probably draft Connor over Bell as well and mix in too. I I don't I'm not I'm not sold on Connor. Everyone is just assuming that Connor's gonna take over the role. And he's just gonna be the number one guy. Jalen Samuels last year when he was in and Connor was out was better than James Connor. Um he was sixteen point nine PPR fantasy points per game in three starts that Connor was out. That bested Connor's sixteen point eight. Um his yards per carry, Samuels was four point six and Connor was four point five. I mean, it's not much of a difference, obviously, but he's just as good, if not better, than Connor. I think everyone just kind of assumes that Connor's going to be the number one guy. And, I mean, he gets injured, um, you know, or he has a bad game and Samuel steps up and takes that role. I, I could see it happening. I could definitely see that happening. Yeah, it'll be interesting because the Steelers have been a team where they really rely on one guy the past, you know, five years. If it, if it wasn't Bell, if Bell was injured, it was D'Angelo Williams. And then last year it was Connor until he went down. So it'll be interesting to see if they use both the guys because clearly Jalen Samuels is a better pass catching back. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see if he starts to dip into Connor's workload. So from that standpoint, I mean, I, I think Connor's a fine value, but I'm not too high on him. The big question is Juju. Yeah. He's going as the sixth receiver. Um, watching film on him and, and doing some research on him, he definitely benefited big time from having Antonio Brown as the X receiver there because that allowed Juju to play in the slot and a lot of times get matched up with linebackers, safeties, and second, third, you know, dime cornerbacks. So being the, the, the main guy now, I think is going to be, is going to be hard on him and the, the targets will be there for sure. But yeah, so you got, Looks like Odell's going ahead of him. Um, you got Tyreek. I don't know if this ADP was before the news or after, but Tyreek going after him. AB and Evans and TY. Um, any of those guys you like better than Juju or you're more comfortable taking? Keenan Allen's down there too. I'm not high on Keenan Allen, but um, maybe TY or even Tyreek I like better than Juju. Yeah, I've mostly been fading Juju, honestly. I, I like a few guys behind him. I like Antonio Brown better than him. I like Mike Evans for sure better than him. And then I'm kind of on the fence about T.Y. Hilton and Amari Cooper. So I haven't really been drafting too much Juju. I think he's going to struggle facing opposing teams' top corners because he really hasn't had to do that too much. And I know he had some big games when Antonio Brown missed last year, but defenses are really going to hone in on him and they're going to try to make Dante Moncrief and, and James Washington beat them. Right. So, yeah. And I mean, Juju's a great player. He's going to get his, he's going to have his weeks that he goes off and, you know, Ben's going to chuck him the ball 15 times. So yeah, I, I like a couple of the guys ahead of Juju for sure. Um, where his ADP's at. So Steelers finished nine, six, and one last year, five and three at home, four, three, and one on the road. Their over under is nine for next season. And the last thing I wanted to mention before we got to the over unders, the one guy I do like with Pittsburgh is Vance McDonald. He's going as the tight end 10. Yeah. Uh, Jesse James went to Detroit, so he doesn't have to worry about a timeshare anymore with that. And just watching that guy play is just incredible. I mean, he had some awesome run after the catch plays. He had that one stiff arm. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a Sunday night game just against Baltimore, yep. and he ran for eight, an 80-yard touchdown. Yeah. So his target share is definitely going to increase a lot, and I think he's the one tight end that, that has upside to be you know top six, top seven tight end. And Ben likes the tight end too, so that's a good point. I do like, I do agree with you on that. Ben, uh, ben definitely looks for the tight end, especially in the red zone. So he could definitely get uh, – he could definitely get his um, come down to the red zone. Uh, so back to the over-under for win total, nine. Um, thoughts on that one? That one's tough for me. I, I'm not sure. It's obviously a no bet for me, but if you had to pick. Yeah, uh, honestly, it's a, it's a pretty efficient line there. It would be a, a no bet for me. I think it's right about where they'll be is nine and seven. I don't. I don't, I can't really see them winning 10. I can't really – I mean, I could see them winning – between eight and ten, so nine's just about the perfect number. Yeah, Vegas seems to know what they're doing always. Yeah. Um, all right, so on to the final team in the division, the Browns. 
probably one of the most exciting teams in the offseason. Everyone's talking about everyone wants to draft the Browns players. So let's just start at the QB position with Baker. Um, you know, is he going to have a top five QB type season, top 10? Um, what are your thoughts? Well, you're definitely right about people being high on Cleveland. I know they're in the, the top five for tickets for Super Bowl winners. Baker's going as the QB five. Uh, everyone's betting them to win the AFC North. Uh, so it is scary that the public is is so into Cleveland. That's always a red flag for me. Um, it's still the Browns at the end of the day. <laughs> they won like three games the last several years. <laughs> Uh, but I do I do like the coaching moves they made. I do like, obviously, signing Odell Beckham is huge. The one concern I have with Cleveland is their offensive line. I think they could have a bottom five unit. I mean, they have enough talented pieces around that they should be fine. But, man, that, that offensive line is scary. They had they had a trade, uh, an offensive line to uh, – an offensive lineman to get Odell. Yeah. And then they traded to get Kendricks from – or no, the the past Olivier Vernon from the Giants. They had to give up one of their linemen to get him too. Yeah, so I know it, they've been going all in on on getting talented guys, but I think they kind of forgot about the offensive line there. And it's I, and I know that everyone wants those big name players and things like that, but offensive line wins you games. I mean, it really does. Not a lot of people talk about it, or especially when it comes to like fantasy. Not a lot of people even think about the offensive line, but it matters. I mean, when Baker's got one second to get the ball out it's not going to be getting to Odell or Landry or Njoku or any of those guys so you know no one's getting fantasy points at the end of the day um another one I want to talk about was Chubb I like Chubb but I don't like him when Kareem Hunt comes back I just feel like they got Kareem Hunt for a reason and I think that even if Chubb's having an MVP type season Kareem Hunt's still going to come in. He's going to get his, and he's he's going to take away from Chubb. You think that if you did draft Chubb, let's say he just goes on a tear first five weeks, six weeks, trading him maybe for someone maybe that you need for your team before, let's say you're in a good position, you're in a playoff push, you know, something like that, and, you know, you need a wide receiver, you need a quarterback or whatever, and Kareem Hunt's coming back. Do you think Kareem Hunt's going to have that kind of impact? I mean, I think you bring up a good point. You definitely want to sell high and buy low. So I think you're right when Chubb is going to get off to a great start, but is he going to help you win in the fantasy playoffs when he's splitting time with Kareem Hunt? Is And that's when it matters. Right. So he's going as the RB12. That's the thing with the Browns too. With the public being so high on them, there's really not too much value on any of their players. Baker's going as the QB5. Chubb's going as RB12. Odell's going as wide receiver 5. And even in Joku, the tight end is going as tight end 10. So as just, much as I love Baker and as much as I love the talent that they have there, I think QB5 is honestly his ceiling. Because to me, there's a pretty clear top four guys with Mahomes, Rodgers, Luck, and Watson. So Baker going as QB5 is is honestly being drafted. as, And I know he could, he could go have a Mahomes-type season mm. and throw 50 touchdowns. He's got the talent. I mean, he's got the talent. He could, you know, but then again, it's still the Browns. You know, they could absolutely flop and have a 7-7, seven and 8-8 seven, eight and eight type, you know, whatever, 7-8, yeah. eight, eight, you know, whatever the case is, uh, 500 season and not make the playoffs and everyone, you know, back to square one again. But I think that because everyone is so high on them that, there's, you know, like you said, there's just no value Um I mean, Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack, Leonard Fournette, Freeman, Henry, Kerryon Johnson, all going after Chubb. Even, you know, wide receiver aspect, Hilton, Keenan Allen, A.J. Green, Zach Ertz. I mean, depending on the league that you're in, I, I kind of like those. I'm not going to reach for Chubb. If he falls to me, be more than happy to scoop him up. But I'm definitely not, not someone that I'm going to be reaching for. Yeah, I think the two main guys I'd be much, most interested in are is Odell going as wide receiver five. I think he just has tremendous ceiling, and I could easily see him finishing as the wide receiver one this season. I mean, he's played with Eli Manning for the last <laughs> few years, and he still put up ridiculous numbers. I saw a minute 30 clip on Twitter of 
all the throws where Eli Manning misses a wide, wide open Odell Beckham. I mean, he hits half those throws and his stats go through the roof. Um, and then Njoku's the other one, tight on 10. I just think with so much attention being on Chubb, being on Jarvis Landry, being on Odell, I think he's going to have a great chance to score a lot of touchdowns. And that's all you really want from your tight end is touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a freakish talent. He's still really young. And he's he's going to be getting good matchups. I think because of all the mouse to feed on that offense, the one person I'd like to have besides from Odell would be Baker. Just because, I mean, Baker's the one that's got to get the ball to all of them at the end of the day. So if someone's going to get points, it starts with Baker. Um, so aside from Odell, because I do like Odell, I think he's going to be a stud. Um He's never had a wide receiver like Landry on the other side to take away some of the coverage. He's never had a QB like Baker to throw him the ball. And I think that because him and Landry, I don't even know if this matters, but because him and Landry are so close that maybe he's not going to throw those temper tantrums and things like that when Landry's getting the ball and he's not kind of thing. So I think his headspace is going to be good. And I just feel like he's in for a big season. Yeah, I think he's going to have a big season, too. I think it's just easy to see other quarterbacks finishing above him. I think Carson Wentz, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan. There's a bunch of guys, Kyler Murray. I think there's a bunch of guys that could kind of kick him out of that top eight spot. So I'm not going to totally avoid him. I just I just think you have to be careful there drafting him too high. Yeah. Um, all right, so the Browns finished 7-8-1 last year. Five, two, and one at home, two and six on the road. Bad road record. Um, over under nine. Same as the Steelers. I I don't know. No bet for me. I mean, it's just like I said, it could go either way. They could win ten games, they could win six. I don't know. Yeah, so they were a team I jumped in on early. I got them over eight point five. So I actually feel pretty good about that. I think okay. I think they're gonna win at least eight, nine, ten games. So I feel pretty good about the eight and a half. When it comes to nine, I would Still bet the over, um, probably just one unit. I think a better bet, though, would be Browns to win the division because you could get them at plus 140. I don't think Baltimore or Cincy will win. And then there's a lot of questions on the Pittsburgh Steelers, as we already talked about. So I think the the Browns plus 140 for the division would be a better bet than the than the over nine. Yeah, so the division winners, um, Browns, I checked today, it was plus 128, so... It's going down. Obviously, everyone's on the same page as you. Yep. Steelers plus 181, uh, Ravens plus 315, and the Bengals plus 2,000. So, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Browns probably win the division. Browns are Steelers. And, you know, Raven. it's going to be a tough – I mean, it's going to be close to the top with those three. I think they're just going to swap spots the whole season. So, see who comes out on top but yeah Browns would be a good division winner bet for me I'd, I'd take that one for sure um all right let's move on to the AFC South uh Texans won that division last year uh, so we'll start with them obviously the best wide receiver in fantasy is on the team Hopkins um they got uh Deshaun Watson Will Fuller and I guess we'll start with their, I mean, those are obvious ones. We can start with their um, running backs with Lamar Miller and Deshaun and uh, Deontay Freeman. Foreman, excuse me, Deontay Foreman. Yeah, Deontay Foreman. So, um, yeah, I think that this is another one where I don't think Lamar Miller is a clear-cut RB1 and Foreman's a much better talent. And I think by the end of the season, Foreman's going to be the one in the RB1 spot. Yeah, so Miller's going as RB thirty two. I got Foreman at forty two, so ten spots apart. I would just, I would like you said, I would wait and I would probably lean Foreman. Lamar Miller is just as mediocre as they come. He's he's not going to break tackles. He's not going to make you miss. Yeah. Um, the one guy I'm, I'm probably highest on, I guess, would be the connection of Watson and and uh, Will Fuller. Will Fuller's coming off ACL surgery, but he's going as the wide receiver thirty four. I think it's pretty obvious there's some upside to go up from there. Um, the guy, I mean, had touchdown pretty much every game he played with Watson. And then Watson's going as QB4. I think he could easily finish as the QB2 behind Mahomes. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going as the wide receiver one. So in most drafts, he's going as the first receiver taken off the board. I have Devontae Adams above him, but... 
I mean, both those guys are going to get peppered with targets, and yeah, assuming they stay healthy, I don't think you could go wrong with either one of those. No, I don't think you can either, but I think I think Hopkins is just a clear number one. I mean, the guy is just an absolute freak. Wow, coming from the Packers fan, I he know. has Hopkins as one. <laughs> I know. I I just think he's, he's just better. <laughs> I mean, and I think that the Packers are going to try and run the ball a little bit more. I know Rodgers is just going to look at Adams all game, but – I think Houston is going to throw the ball a little bit more, and I think that connection with Watson and Hopkins, especially in the red zone, is just too good to pass up. Um, I like Will Fuller, too. It's just a guy can never stay on the field. I mean, he's he's injured a lot, but when he's on the field, I mean, he's a deep threat. He gets those, once again, if you're in a league, that 50-plus yard touchdown passes gets you bonus points. I mean, he's that kind of guy. Yeah, that's a good point. And then their tight end, Jordan Thomas, is going as tight end 35, so no one's buying too much of him. Um, so it's it's pretty much uh, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller. The one guy that's been going up is Kiki Kuti. Mm-hmm. He's starting to approach the wide receiver 35 to 40 range. So, so quarterbacks after Watson are Baker, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Kyler Murray, any of those guys, even Wentz. Even though those guys you'd think you'd take over Watson, or is Watson definitely, you know, top four, top five? Yeah, I think he's going to be the QB, too, so I'm, I'm pretty two. high on Watson. Yeah. Even with the bad offensive line, I think uh, he's, he's got the weaponry and he's got the, the skills in the pocket to, to get out and find his guys downfield, and he, he runs a lot, gets rushing production. So I think he's everything you look for a fantasy quarterback. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Texans... 11 and 5 last year, 6 and 2 at home, 5 and 3 on the road. Their wins their over under win total is 8 and a half. They play in an okay division. Not a huge fan of the Jags or Titans this year. Colts are going to be tough. Um so that once again that half point, if I could give them an 8, I'd probably take the over, but for me it's a no bet. Yeah, so the under is minus 175 actually. So a lot of money has come in on the under. I think people are looking at their strength of schedule and then their offensive line being weak, and they're starting to think that Houston's going to regress a little bit from last year. They faced the easiest schedule last year, and now they face the toughest schedule this year. So I think that's a big reason a lot of money's coming in on the under. Um, <clears throat> I, I do think that the, the division is really good. I think it's the best division in football. I'm pretty high on Houston, Indy, and Jacksonville. The only team I'm not high on is Tennessee. So... Eight and a half, I would, I would probably avoid. But, I I mean, I, I think they're going to be right there, eight or nine wins. Yeah, that seems about right. Um, all right, so then let's go on to the Jags. Uh, five and 11 last year. brings in, They bring in Nick Foles, um, Leonard Fournette, um, still coming back from injury from last season. Um, anything on – what are your thoughts on Fournette as far as his ADP? So Fournette's going RB17. I feel pretty good about him going there. The last two seasons, he's been third in rushing attempts per game. So clearly when he's out there, they want to feed him the rock. Um, Quarterback Foles, you mentioned, is going as QB29. So nobody's too high on him in fantasy drafts. I think they're going to be a play good defense and run the ball kind of team. So no one's really taking him there. And then uh, they're... Top receivers are D.D. Westbrook and Marquise Lee, neither of which are going in the top 45 picks. So nobody's too high on their on their passing attack. I do think the Jacksonville is going to improve a lot. I really like their offensive line. I think their defense is going to get back to being dominant, and their over-under was eight, and I like that bet a lot. I, li- I like over eight. Really? I, I mean, their defense – Two years ago was just absolutely dominant. I mean, but last year they they had some weaknesses. I think they got a little cocky. I hope that, you know, that after that season last year that they come back down to earth and, you know, maybe humble themselves a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I think Leonard Fournette, Marlon Mack's going ahead of him, Aaron Jones going ahead of him, uh, Freeman and Henry are going after him, Kerryon Johnson's going after him. Any Anyone around there that you – they like better than Fournette? 
Uh, like I said, I'm pretty high on their offensive line, and he's going to get the rock. So he's been a guy that I'm really targeting pretty hard in, in best ball drafts, and and I'll be interested in drafting him in uh, redraft too. And then, uh, yeah, just in general, I'm, I'm high on the team. I, I think they're going to win at least eight games. So the, the over eight is a pretty good bet, in my opinion. Um, even if you want to get frisky, you could take them to win the division, plus 475. I know Indy is definitely the favorite there. They're minus 140. So we'll we'll get to the we'll get to the Colts here. Yeah, go right into them. I mean, they they're obviously the clear cut favorite here. Yeah, so the Colts are the favorite. I mean, they great quarterback Andrew Luck's going as QB two, Marlon Mack's going as RB fourteen, T Y Hilton's going as wide receiver ten, and then Eric Ebron going as tight end seven. He's got to be one of the biggest. Bust slash fades. I would easy honestly, easy fade. I would do agree. not draft Eric Ebron. I would agree. I think last year was an absolute ceiling for him, and there's just no way that he that he can repeat that. The Especially had, Jack I th- Doyle. I think com- it was 14 touchdowns. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, Jack Doyle's coming back. Mm-hmm. When Jack Doyle played, he out targeted Ebron. He out snapped Ebron, and Jack Doyle is coming back healthy. So he ain't going to catch 14 touchdowns again. And I don't think he's going to finish in the top 10 at the position. I think he's a he's a pretty easy fade at this point. Yeah, I'm definitely fading him as well. Um, you got Jared Cook, Vance McDonald, like we talked you talked about earlier, and Njoku all going after him. I would like Njoku or Vance McDonald over Eric Ebron, I think. Um, those are two guys that I would prefer over Ebron for sure. Yeah, definitely. And then their over-under was at – the book I was looking at had him at 9.5. Yeah, that's what I saw with today, With over minus 185. I saw 140 today. Wow, okay. So, yeah, that 140 is a lot better. So, that brings up a good point, too. If if you're going to be betting these games and betting the over-unders, betting different props, you want to have access to a couple different books. You could shop around, try to find the best value. So as we just, I mean, nine and a half minus one eighty five compared to minus one forty. Yeah, I use that's a uh, huge difference. Yeah, I, I use um, Bookmaker was the one I was using okay. to find that. And house. I was looking at Bookie Market. Okay. So yeah, that brings I mean, up a good point for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, shop around, find the best. I mean, if you really like the over, I mean, you know, Tyler saw one eighty, I saw one forty. Obviously, go to Bookmaker. You know, put your bet in for at one forty, way better value at that one. Um, all right, so let's go on to the Titans. Nine seven last year in the division. I there's just I, I mean we'll go right to it. They're over under is eight. It's under. It's under. <laughs> they're not going to be good. They don't, yeah, they're not going to be good. I totally agree with you on this one. It's funny because a couple months ago was when the over unders first came out, Tennessee was eight and a half, and it was even odds. Wow. So I maxed out that bet on two different sites. I mean. Mariota stinks. He stinks. And today, Taylor Lewan uh, suspended four games. Yep. So he's their left tackle. Yep. And Derrick Henry stinks. <laughs> I think he's a bust too. I mean, I Corey I, Davis stinks. Their whole team is a bunch of busts. I, yeah, Delaney <laughs> Walker's can't stay healthy. I actually like Derrick Henry if they use him the right way. When they feed him the rock, twenty plus carries a game, the guy's a stud. He's going to score. He's going to break out. He's going to get the big run. I really do believe that. The problem is they haven't used him correctly ever. They give him, and when I think it's when he gets 20 or more carries, you know, he's getting, he, that's what he needs. He needs the 20 carries he needs to get into the game. When it's like 12 or less carries, he's a ghost. You know, he's averaging one yard a carry and he looks like, you know, he doesn't belong there. I, I, I like him if, if I could be guaranteed that they were going to feed him the rock 20-plus times a game, every game, I would draft him high. So the the same way I feel about Eric Ebron, that's how I feel about Derrick Henry. Wow. I mean, I, I don't think he's good, and he's not going to give you anything in the passing game. So they still have Deion Lewis there. Mm-hmm. And as we said, they're going to be a shitty team. Yeah, they're going to be bad. So playing the negative game script – he ain't getting the rock 20 times. If he's if he's not doing that and he doesn't get perfect blocking, I think he's a guy that is just going to totally bust this year. And he's going as the RB16. So Marlon Mack and Fournette, 
same guys in the division going right in that range. I would for sure take those guys above him. I'd take Aaron Jones above him. I got carry on around there. Josh yeah, Jacobs. I take Devontae Freeman. I take Josh Jacobs. Pretty much anyone in that range <laughs> I would take above Derrick Henry. I had him um, last year and it was it was bad. I drafted him with not as I was confident last year. I mean, this year I'm confident again, and now I'm going to talk myself out of it. But he was just bad last year, and it was just a waste of a pick. And I know I have a, a couple buddies are, are Titans fans, and I, I promise I'm not hating, but the <laughs> Titans are going to stink. They are going to stink. <laughs> so division winners, you got Colts at minus 144, uh, Texans plus 400, Jags plus 500, Titans plus 720. They have this division really close, but aside from, like, the Colts, which I think are going to win the division. I mean, the Jags plus 500 and the Titans plus 720. I, I think the Jags are going to be way better than the Titans. And they seem, you know, they seem to have it that it's going to be a close, close stretch there. But I like the Colts to win that division at 144. Yeah, I, I think the Colts will win the division, but I do think there's value on the Jags at plus 500. I mean, this is a team that made the AFC Championship just a couple of years ago, and they were beating New England by two touchdowns in the second half. And um, they have Nick Foles now instead of Blake Bortles. So Blake Bortles, I mean, we don't have to talk about Blake Bortles. I know he's <laughs> trash. So, I mean, in Foles, big dick Nick, yeah. you know, <laughs> carried a team to the Super Bowl. So I don't know how, still don't know how. Assuming he doesn't turn the ball over and they get to ground and pound with Fournette, good offensive line, good defense. They're a team I'm definitely higher higher on than, than most. And, uh I think uh, they, they got value on the division, and then I really like that over eight for uh, for the win total. Yeah, I like that too. Um, all right, two guys I want to talk about, um, sleepers, breakouts type of guys. Get your thoughts on them. The first one is um, Tevin Coleman for the Niners. Um, he was RB2 the last time he played in Kyle Shanahan's offense in 2016. Um, the 49ers have the most favorable rush defense schedule and he's, I, I think he's going to outperform his RB three RB four ADP. I, I just think back with Kyle Shanahan, he's going to be, uh, he's definitely going to be the running back you want to take if you're going for the Niners backfield. All right. So I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. I know Shanahan handpicked him from Atlanta. He used to coach him in Atlanta. I just think there's too many guys there. They got they got Breida still there. He showed he was a stud when he was healthy. He was another guy that got banged up all the time. And then Jarek McKinnon is still there, and he's going as, you know, in the high 40s. But he has a big contract. And I know there was speculation that he might be cut in uh, in training camp, but it, it's looking like he's going to stay there. And, and they got a three-headed attack there. And with Coleman being the highest guy off the board, I think, I, I think it's a situation to avoid. But if you're going to take one, I would wait and and probably take McKinnon or Brita. Okay. Yeah, I, I just think that Coleman's going to be the guy there all, when it's said and done. Um, you know, if he falls to me in the later rounds, I, I just think he's going to be a good RB2, RB, low-end RB2, RB3 kind of running back flex option down the road. Um, sticking with the Niners, I know someone you're high on. I, I, I kind of like, too, as uh, Pettis at wide receiver. Um, last year in his rookie season, averaging 17.3 yards per grab, was fourth best in the NFL. And that was with Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard. And now he's got with, Jimmy yeah, G back. And that was with Nick Mullins, and now he's got a healthy Jimmy GQ back. Um, he caught 20 of 31 targets, 359 yards, four scores, average 18-point yards, 7.49 yards after the catch. Um I just think he's he, he was ahead of Julio and Antonio Brown um, in weeks 12 through 14 with Mullins at quarterback. I mean, I think this guy has the potential to have a very big season. Yeah, I think he's a pretty easy breakout candidate. I I mean, I can't wait to get to San Fran when we go over to the division because I'm pretty high on them in general. Um, Pettis is going at about the 30 to 32 wide receiver range. Clearly upside there. I think he's a... He's a pretty easy buy at this point. Um, they do have a couple other receivers. They have the, they have Marquise Goodwin. They drafted a couple guys, Debo Samuel. But I think he's going to be the guy. He's going to lead them in targets behind probably Kittle. But he's definitely got a, got a chance to, to be a top 20 receiver, and he's going, like I said, 30 to 32. 
Yeah, I like him too. Um, all right, so let's finish up with uh, MVP odds. Who's your? Uh, we got Patrick Mahomes at the top, obviously, uh, followed by Luck, Rogers, Baker, Wentz, Breeze, Brady, Rivers. Um, any besides Mahomes and Luck and Rogers? Um, you know, who do you think, or maybe someone you could throw, someone could throw a hundred bucks on, fifty bucks on, shot in the dark to win uh, NFL MVP this year. Yeah, so I was shocked when I was looking at these lines that you just brought up because I looked a couple weeks ago and you could get Deshaun Watson at sixty to one, he's down to twenty to one. You could get Trubisky at eighty to one, he's down to twenty to one. So a lot of the value has been sapped out of these MVP odds. Honestly, I think it's gonna be one of the top guys. Mm. And it's definitely gonna be a quarterback, so don't don't bet a running back, don't bet a receiver, don't bet a tight end, don't bet a defensive guy. It's pretty much quarterback every single year. So don't get too cute with your MVP predictions. <laughs> I can't believe Watson and Trubisky are the same odds. <laughs> that like that blows my mind. Like I know I'm a Packers fan and not a very big Bears fan, obviously, but I don't think Trubisky's that good. He's like in best ball, I've drafted him a couple times in best ball because he has those breakout games where he throws six touchdowns and he looks like he's a Patrick Mahomes out there. Mm-hmm. But I think he's garbage. I just don't think he's that he's what everyone hyped up to be. I mean, to have the same odds as Deshaun Watson here and better odds than Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger. I don't no way. Yeah. And the top five is the top five for a reason. So I think when you're looking at MVP, you want to pick a guy that's going to put up huge fantasy numbers and then obviously has a chance to be the number one seed. Cause that's usually the case. So the top five, you're looking at Mahomes, Luck, Rogers, Mayfield, Wentz, and then Breeze, Brady. So all those guys have an opportunity to not only have huge fantasy numbers. I don't think Brady's going to have huge fantasy numbers. I don't think Breeze is going to have huge fantasy numbers. But those other guys have that chance to put up huge production and then finish the one seat as well. Mm-hmm. The one guy I could see when, when you're looking down the list that would fit that criteria would be Cam Newton, 40 to 1. He's a former MVP. I'm, I'm not a Cam Newton guy either, but... If he if his shoulders healed, if he's still running and the Panthers go eleven and five, twelve and four, they win tough division. He's a guy that could win MVP. Yeah, I could see that happening. So who's your pick? Uh well <laughs> it's kind of chalky. I, I mean, I, I think Mahomes is gonna win MVP again. Yeah. I'm I'm very high on Kansas City. We talked about it last time. I, I just think a lot of people are saying that he's not gonna throw fifty touchdowns again, that it's not gonna be the same offense, they're not gonna average thirty six points a game. To me, I I don't see any reason why they're not. I think they're going to be better. Mahomes has been – he's lost a couple pounds. Uh, He's been working on his footwork. They got all the same weapons back. They drafted a couple receivers. And that defense is still going to suck. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be in shootouts every game. If they win 11 games and he goes for 50 touchdowns again, I mean, he's going to win MVP again. And I know no one's done it since Peyton Manning. But, uh, yeah, Yeah. he'd be be my pick for MVP at this point. Okay. Awesome. Well, appreciate everyone for listening, uh, everyone for subscribing. You know, please go on our Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, rate, leave us reviews, ask us questions, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, whatever you got, Dynasty Keeper, you got back questions, um, let us know, and uh, we'll answer it on the next show. So appreciate it. Uh, He's Tyler. I'm Nick. We're out.